Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. We're going to read from our book. This is called Sweet Pain. I'm taking my extra time. A lady, a good friend of ours, said she was um, having trouble with her eyesight, and she said, why, why aren't your books on tape? We said, well, we really should get them there. She said, well, I want this book on tape. So she sent us money to record it this summer. So that's pretty cool. I'll read a couple of paragraphs. Nancy and Dave were in the room with Nathaniel that night, not sure he'd make it till morning. They didn't get much sleep. Nathaniel's breathing was shallow. Rhonda came up Saturday morning and told Nancy and Dave to get some breakfast. She would watch Nathaniel. Shortly after they left, Nathaniel started gurgling as if he could die. Rhonda asked the nurse, is, is it getting close? Yes, it's getting, getting near. She held the boy's hand and said, you've got to hold on until your parents get back. Unexpectedly, he squeezed her hand. Nancy and Dave came back and sat with Nathaniel they were not alone. Kathy and her daughter, Christy, were in the room, as, were, as was James, a pastor friend from Newark, Delaware. As Nancy began rocking, rocking Nathaniel in a rocker similar to the one at home, Rhonda turned on Nathaniel's tape recorder with all his music. When she turned it on, they were singing, Swing low, sweet chariot. Coming for to carry me. She rushed over to turn it off. Nancy stopped her. No, it's good. Let it play. And then Nancy began to reminisce as she rocked the boy. Nathaniel, do you remember the time you went with us to a children's camp to, in Connecticut? Joy watched you, and we stayed in an old folks' home, and your dad kept getting lost on the way home because he wouldn't look at a map. Watch it there. <laughs> and when Jean, unbeknownst to us, when she was babysitting you, she took you to a prison to visit someone she knew. And that guy, he got down on his knees and his heart softened because of you, Nathaniel. You had your own prison ministry. The rocking chair continued its rhythm as Nathaniel rested easily against her. And do you remember how Karen took you to the ocean? You loved the waves. Karen was so special to you. There was a little gurgle, and Nancy looked down at Nathaniel. He was still breathing. Nathaniel, in a few minutes, you'll leave my arms and go into the arms of Jesus. Nathaniel, Nancy kept talking, recounting whatever incident popped in her head. Dave got up to get another chair for someone, and as he returned with it to the room, James was saying, He's gone, but he passed while you were in the room before you left. I watched his breathing stop. It was just so peaceful, you didn't even know it. It's called Sweet Pain, uh, available at your local bookstore outside. Uh, my wife wrote it, and wherever she goes, hilarious things happen. So it's mostly funny stories. Uh, what I'm going to speak tonight is about is 
uh, something that is a signature article on page 35 of this Apostolic Study Bible, where, the, where I have a, a number of signature articles in there along with other people. So you can buy that in the back. It's $110, though. So you might not want to buy it. But it's also in here in great detail. This is a, a, a graduate-level textbook called I Am. And some of you have already bought this, but you can get more information on what I'm speaking on tonight. Uh, and this is $25. You say, well, Brother Norris, this is all a pretty expensive Bible study. I've got a Dave's Better Deal for you tonight. This is the better deal. If you go back and you go to the table and ask for Dave's special deal, he has a paper that's single space, 19 pages, that covers the entire Bible study and more, and you can get it for a dollar. And I'm not going any lower than that. <laughs> All right, let's uh, click to the, I'm moving over to the next uh, PowerPoint. To the, so if you could switch that one out for the next one. Uh, there we go. Jesus, it's all in him. All right, so click to the first slide. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Who can tell me something about this verse or something in the verse? I'll take anything. Lord is all caps. Lord is all caps. And Lord is all caps, is it, what is it a translation of? The covenant name of God in the Old Testament and it's uh, four letters, yod Hey vav Hey, and it's best translated Yahweh. And we talked a little bit about why the name was important. I want to talk more about why that's important. Click to the next slide. I want to talk to you about, the in the Hebrew, the word berit. Berit. You say, what's berit? Berit means covenant. Turn to your neighbor and say, berit means covenant. I know Hebrew. Just tell them that. All right, so covenant is a word that means an agreement. It's a, in, in the Bible, it's a sacred agreement. It's the most important agreement. It's a relationship, and it's between God and human beings. And Adam and Eve were created in that relationship, in covenant relationship. We know the word covenant because it's like the word in the Greek, diatheke, and it's also sometimes translated testament. You've probably heard of that. There's an, two slices of the book. There's an Old Testament, and there's a New Testament, and that all has to do with covenant, the covenant that God made with humanity. Now, when Adam and Eve um, sinned and then hid, God began to restore relationship with them. We know that because sacrifice was offered, and he taught them how to do sacrifices in anticipation of what would come. And there's a special verse I want to teach you about. This is Genesis 4.26. It says this. Adam and Eve uh, begat Seth, Seth begat Enos, and then it says, Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. And I, you can see the word Lord there. All caps. So whose name did they call on? Yahweh. But there's something else you need to know about that. That word in the Hebrew, it's a phrase, lakro b'shem Yahweh. Say that with me. Lakro b'shem 
Yahweh. One more time. Lecroix Veshem Yahweh. It literally means to call on the name of the Lord, but it's an idiom, not an idiot, an idiom. Let me tell you about an idiom. An idiom is, it's not translatable exactly word for word. So if I said to you, it's raining cats and dogs, you'd know what I meant. But what if I went over to China or Korea and I'm preaching, and I said, it was raining cats and dogs. And the translator gets up and goes, uh, cats and dogs, something about cats and dogs. Well, maybe they don't have that saying in that country. And this is one of those, and we have a lot of those, you know. Uh, do you give your hand in marriage? Just your hand or? You know? So this is one of those. In fact, I saw an original King James Version. I mean, I'm talking about 1611. Well, it, that's not true. It was a copy of an original King James Version, 1611. The marginal note was, they couldn't decide, was it to call on the name of the Lord or have the name of the Lord called upon you? Lakrol Bashem Yahweh. Sometimes it means to call on the name of the Lord, but oftentimes it implies as well that the name of the Lord is called upon you. All right, this is really important because this is, this is what I need you to get. When God calls us into covenant, he calls us by his name. I'll say it again. When God calls us into covenant, he calls us by his name. So here, the King James translators, at least some of them thought it should be, he called his name upon them because that meant he called them into covenant. I did a study on the names in the ancient Near East. It's pretty amazing. Every name was significant. Every name was important. Every name carried a measure of honor, or in some cases, a measure of shame. The more powerful the name was, the more significant it was. In fact, sometimes um, gods or kings or pharaohs or whatever had secret names because they wanted to save them for special occasions. But Yahweh was pretty clear from early on, I'm telling you my name. I want you to know it. I want you to know me. I want you to be in relationship with me. Praise the Lord. Now, when God called the people of Israel, the children of Israel, into covenant, he called them in a very special way. And it's kind of invisible in the, in the Bible. But if you look at the genre of the, the, how this works, it's the same way that kings called other people into covenant. There was a thing called a treaty, a suzerainty treaty, where a king would say, I call this God to witness, and I will put my name on you, and you will be part of me, and I will be part of you. That same sort of speaking is used in the book of Exodus and also in the book of Deuteronomy. You say, why would God do that? Is he trying to imitate uh, people all around him? God speaks in language that you know how to hear. If there was somebody who got up here and spoke in Chinese to you, it could be a wonderful lesson, but it probably wouldn't be too helpful. But if we speak English and we can understand English back and forth, that, that'll be helpful. So 
Ah, all right. So I need uh, children of Israel. You're, you're first row. You're the children of Israel. Stan. All right. There's hundreds of thousands of them there. And you, it, it's invisible in the, in, in the King James language, but God literally spoke to them out loud. So they're standing there. Look to the next slide. All of a sudden, there's thunder. All of a sudden, there's lightning. All of a sudden, there's an earthquake. And then they hear this voice. I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You shall have no other gods before me. You got a good PA system because it, it didn't burst it or anything. Uh, I apologize for doing that. All right, you can sit down. Thank you. I needed a, okay, so what was going on was that was the same as God saying, I call you into covenant. You're mine. You're my people. You're my property. I love you, and you love me. You, will, you can go away from me, but I will never go away from you. You are special to me. I call you as a nation, and I call you into covenant. I call you. You are my special people. Now, they were not impressed with the voice. Well, I guess they were. But at the end of the chapter, after they hear the Ten Commandments, Moses says, and there's more. And they go like, uh, could you go up and get that from God and just uh, let us be here? Because this is kind of scary. And so he did. Chapter after chapter of the law was given to Moses in Exodus, but then the people got a little anxious. And they, they, they I'm not sure, you, crazy as it sounds, they told Aaron... They wanted God to worship. Well, Moses was up, and they just said they were going to have no other gods before him. So in the middle of getting the Ten Commandments and getting the rest of the law, they're breaking the Ten Commandments. God tells Moses, he goes down and smashes the Ten Commandments. It was a bad scene. It, it was just a hair's breadth from getting wiped out all over the place. But then in chapter 34, God calls Moses, and he says, okay, we're going to do this again. Get the tablets. We're going to go up. And this time, you're going to be the intermediary for the whole nation. It's a beautiful scene, one of the most incredible scenes. Exodus 34, and he, the Lord passes before him, and he says, Yahweh, Yahweh. Like, what? Like if I, my name's Dave. So, Dave, Dave. You go like, is he all right? Is this uh well there was something going on. In the verses below, God tells Moses, he says, I'm making a covenant right here. I'm renewing the covenant. I'm renewing the covenant to you. All right, so this happened in to Moses. It happened to Abraham. It happened in Genesis 4.26. It happened in Exodus 20. It happened in Exodus 34. I don't have time to take you through all the times, but I do want to take you one more place. Uh, I want to take you to Numbers chapter 6 uh, um, and the last verses. Verses 23, the Lord spoke to Aaron saying, uh, to Moses saying, tell Aaron his sons, this way shall bless the children of Israel. And then in verse 24, and this is up on the slide, he says, this is how you're going to bless him. You say, the Lord bless you and keep you. I want to flip the slide? Thank you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Now, here's something very cool. 
we're now priests. We now have the same function as Old Testament priests. They were chosen to be able to call down both the presence and the name of the Lord upon the people. There's a guy by the name of Sigmund Mollwinkle who said when they did this, when they spoke the name of Jesus and they said, this is really an invocation. Lord, let it happen. Let it happen right now. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Next verse. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Praise the Lord. Uh, And then go to the last slide, verse 27. And they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. New Jerusalem Bible says they shall call down my name on the children of Israel. All right, look at your hands right now. These are the only hands that Jesus has in the world. Did you know that as a New Testament believer, you can lay hands on the sick and the recovery? You say, when you're 80, you can do that? No, no, no. Right now, you can do it. Right now. Did you know that when someone is sick and, and, and people pray for them, God will touch them and heal them? Did you know that when someone needs the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can have faith for them and you can walk up to them and lay hands on them and believe with them, for them, and through them? Praise God. Thank God for the covenant. Let's give the Lord a hand clap offering of praise. New Testament. Next slide. Oh, not New Testament. All right, here's the prophecy. Prophecy is from Amos chapter 9, verses 11 and 12, that there will come a day when God will call, this is Yahweh speaking, that Yahweh, in the the Hebrew it means literally, orally, invoke his name over the heathen. The word heathen there in New King James says Gentiles, it's the word goyim. Uh, Goy is not a good word if you're Jewish. If you want to make fun of someone and call them a name that you shouldn't be calling them, you say Goy. Okay, you get it now? So the fact that God would call his name over the Goyim? When I was in Philadelphia pastoring, there were a lot of Jewish people in Philadelphia, and a, a parishioner from the church there, he said, I saw a bumper sticker. It was evidently a Jewish person's bumper sticker. And it said, Goyim Anoyim. Think about it. It'll, it'll come to you. <laughs> All right, New Testament. Got to keep moving here. New Testament. Uh, how is it that Yahweh put his name on the Gentiles? You already know the answer. Remember Mary and Joseph and the angel that came and says, you shall call his name Jesus. Why is Jesus in caps? It means Yahweh has become our salvation. That's where Yahweh's name gets put on people in the New Testament. You should call his name Jesus, for he shall, call, he shall save his people from their sins. And so, um, stand up. I need a crowd again. All right, this time you're not children of Israel. This time you're on the day of Pentecost, and you're worshiping. I want you to give your best worship and then freeze. 
Turn to the audience. Ready? I'm worshiping. I'm praising the Lord. You just got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Turn around and freeze. All right, this is the cloud. You see that? That's the day of Pentecost. All right, someone said, well, they're drunk. No, and Peter gets up and he says, they're not drunk. Who should we have for Peter here? I need a Peter in the crowd. Can you? Okay, come on up, Peter. Come on up. All right, so Peter said, these aren't drunk. These aren't drunk. You, you can face this way. You did well. You keep doing good. Uh, this is that. This is that. Which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And shall come to pass in the last days. And shall come to pass in the last days. That I'll pour out my spirit. That I'll pour out my spirit. And all flesh. And all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your, shall see your young man shall dream dreams. You're talking too fast. All right. <laughs> we'll skip to the last line. And whosoever. And whosoever shall call, shall call on the name of the Lord, on the name of the Lord, shall be saved, shall be saved. Praise God. Now, that's the same as Joel, and that's the same as LaCroix, Bashem, Yahweh. So it's not simply that they'll call on him, but when they call on him, his name will be called on them. Scholars tell us when did his name get orally invoked over the people? In Acts 2.38, when they spoke his name in baptism. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank God. You may be seated. One little thing. Um, if they were from all over the Mediterranean world, how did Peter preach to them? Well, was he speaking in tongues? No. He was speaking in Greek, probably. Now, they may probably knew Aramaic. They were trilingual, probably knew a little Hebrew, but he, the common language was Greek. And so when he said to be baptized in the name of Jesus, he said that in Greek. And so when the apostles went and started churches all over the Mediterranean world, they used the common language and, and baptized him in the name of, of, of Jesus in Greek. Did that count? Because, I mean, it's, it's not Hebrew. Yeah, well, and, and plus, the earliest church was Aramaic, so are you going to do Yehoshua, are you going to do Yeshua? And then how do you know you're pronouncing it correctly anyway? It, what's the answer? Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit's there. That's good. I wanted the answer you said before, though. The answer was it's common language. Everyone knew it. It doesn't matter. It's, just, it's the same language. Okay, one last point, and then I'm going to get ready to get you to your case studies. So Acts 15, Paul had gone all over the Mediterranean world. He started churches, and they weren't Jewish. And they got the Holy Ghost and were baptized. But some of the Jewish people were like, yeah, these people haven't been discipled too well. Like, what? Yep, they're still eating bacon. They're not keeping the Torah. And you think that's no big deal, but it was a big deal. They had this big council in Jerusalem, and they had to decide, do the Gentiles have to keep all of that stuff? They went back to that scripture from Amos. And in the Greek, it means the same thing as in the Hebrew. It literally means the name was orally invoked over them. And so when James says that, he said, scholars tell us that that means that because they were baptized in Jesus' name, they were already into covenant, and so they could still eat bacon.
Well, I don't know if I got through that enough for you to get the answers for the case studies, but we'll find out because they're going to go up there. Let's do this. All right, groups of five. I have two questions for you. Case study. Get in a group of five and give me the answers. Here they are. Pick one or two. You have six minutes, and that's a gift from the pastor. Get in your group of five. Answer one of these case studies. Okay, how many did case study number one? Raise your hand. Case study number one? Okay, of those who did case study number one, anyone want to uh, offer some help here? You don't have to give the whole answer, maybe just part of an answer. I'll take anything I can get. Well, are you, is, it, is someone game over here? Speak? Sure. Okay, please stand. Maybe. I think, I think it's more... Um, please stand. Yeah. This is an official answer to an official question. So I think for us, it was more talking about the, the symbolism, um, the death, burial, and resurrection. So um, immersion being, being the meaning behind baptism and, and that, that would be the, the meaning behind it. So the symbolism, um, not the sprinkling. I wouldn't argue with anybody. Being a former Catholic, I wouldn't argue with anybody about that. <laughs> um, but, but not, you know. Somebody wants to know what the Bible says. Yes. Okay. Correct. Let's give this group a hand. All right. I'm moving over here. Case study one, we're flying over to the other side here. So why is it a big deal about dunking people in water in Jesus' name, and is it judgmental to say that it's wrong not to? Absolutely not judgmental because it's all about covenant. Uh, When you call the name of Jesus, or in the Old Testament, when God chose to put his name over something, it became his peculiar treasure. So when a person is baptized, calling on the name of the Lord, or having the name of the Lord called over them in baptism, that is much like a marriage ceremony. Paul said in Romans 6, that when you're baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. You put on that covenant. So it's a, it's a very important thing to have the name of the Lord because when you have the name of Jesus called over you in baptism, you have the name of Yahweh called over you in baptism. So just like it was in the Old Testament, you are taking on the name or the covenant name of God in baptism. So, yes, it's a big deal. All right, All right let's give that group a hand. You know what? I'm over time, so I, I, I know I can go over a little over time, but I think I'm going to go on to question number two. Question number two. Do anyone have any good wisdom for Shlomo? Shlomo. This, this is a real deal, by the way. This is not made up. This is, some people do really say this. Shlomo. Any ideas of what we can tell him? You're ready? Okay, I'm coming back there. All right, here we go. So if you're baptized in the Hebrew in the name of Yahshua, which is what his, his deal was, we believe that Jesus is Yahshua. And because it's a common language of English, if you're baptized in the Hebrew on Yahshua, you would still be baptized in Jesus' name. All right, let's give this group a hand. 
Very good. That, that succinctly nailed it, but there may be some more that we want to nuance here. Anyone? Ah, look at this front row. They just can't help themselves. They have the answers to all issues and problems. This is going to be the last deal here. My last hurrah. Who's this? Okay, here we go. Okay, right. um, so we said um, first. Wait, wait, turn around, turn around, can you? Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. So we said um, first, we called him slow mo. Um, okay. <laughs> first of all. It means Solomon, by the way. He's just changing his name to Solomon. Okay, okay. So we said he wasn't right um, because Jesus can be in any language and it still means the same thing, Jesus. Um, and uh, Jesus did not come to save. Uh, people in his name in just one language. Um, and in order for the salvation to spread, uh, his name has to adopt, adapt into other languages. So therefore, uh, slow-mo or shlomo, uh, <laughs> he's got to take, um, take a visit to Pastor Tom. Okay. <laughs> Give the group a hand. Just one last word. Jesus is not a mystical name. Like only a few people know the secret. It's something that's open to everyone. And how do you know you're pronouncing the Hebrew right? And what if it was meant to be in Aramaic? You know, all those things that people say, I got this secret information. Sometimes people do that to make themselves feel better. But the Bible's very plain. It's written in Greek in the New Testament. They baptize in the name of Jesus and and. Absolutely right. Let's, I appreciate all this good answer, and I appreciate being here with you. This has been a wonderful three weeks. God bless you. From case, from case study one, the second question, we didn't get to hear what you thought in terms of judgment. Okay. I missed a, a slide there just because I was hurrying, but it was Acts 4.12. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Everything we say is not bad news, it's good news. Jesus called us to share good news. He didn't call us to judge people, uh, but he, that's what's in the biblical text, and we share it because it's good news. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.